Hi, this is Paul Taylor, one of the co-hosts of the Career Boosters podcast. Are you ready to supercharge your career? Introducing the Career Boosters, the podcast that'll take your professional journey to the next level. We've got the success secrets, the latest trends, and essential skills to propel your career forward. No matter where you are in your journey, we've got you covered. Your dream career is just one listen away. Let's make it happen. It takes a level of confidence in a leader to instill that confidence in your team. Most leaders are very protective of the results that their, their team members will bring out, especially in a very fast-paced workplace like the one we had, working on the field, and then you have a client breathing down your neck, making sure that you are, you are, your results are adhering to safety and quality. If you have a leader that tells you, don't worry, you have not done this before, you're not so experienced in this job, but I believe it's something you can do. Hello and welcome to the Career Boosters podcast. Tiffany and I are very excited to have you listen along today. Today, we're going to talk about emotional intelligence. When we think of really successful leaders or even great managers we've had, we don't usually think they were the smartest people or they could have solved any sort of complex technical problem. We think about how they made us feel. When we explored emotional intelligence with our MBA students this week in the first of a two-week session on this topic, we started by asking them about their greatest leader, manager, or coach. We had words and phrases like, I trusted them, they were inclusive, they communicated clearly, they listened to me, and they were very supportive. When we asked them about their observations from their peers around these words and phrases, one thing became evident, there were no technical skills. We enlightened them to the Marcus Buckingham quote, people leave managers and not companies. The costs associated with bad managers are tremendous. We work with MBA students that hope to be great future leaders, and the role emotional intelligence plays is a vital one. Tiffany and I are both certified in this emotional intelligence model called EQI 2.0, and this model does a great job at explaining the areas of emotional intelligence, which for your reference is more than just empathy. This model consists of five scales, self-perception, self-expression, interpersonal, decision-making, and stress management. With each of these scales further diving into different subcategories, offering a comprehensive assessment of an individual's strengths and areas of improvement. The EQI 2.0 model provides a structured framework for individuals and organizations to better understand emotional intelligence and its impact on personal and professional success. Our emotional intelligence will steadily rise with age and has no correlation to our IQ with it peaking around 40 to 50 years old, with even one study out of the University of California, Berkeley, showing that EQ is rising steadily throughout our working lives, peaking at the age of 60. We can't wait to dive into this topic with one of our amazing MBA students, Barry, today. So Barry, what is the story behind your decision to embark on an MBA at this point in your life? All right. Thank you, Paul, for having me on the podcast today. I really appreciate this opportunity. Uh, so for me, uh, prior to the MBA, I worked as a subsea service engineer in a multinational firm. So what we did was that we provided services for our clients, international oil and gas uh, companies such as Total, Shell, Chevron, ExxonMobil. We developed subsea fields up to depth of 5,000 feet, performed installation of uh, subsea production system, subsea umbilical riser and flow line. So I had a lot of technical experience prior to the MBA uh, for the past 10 years. The last four of it was an, as an offshore supervisor. So I grew up to the position whereby I was leading a team of 
between 12 to 14 other service engineers to provide service for our clients. It was mostly all technical for me, but what I, what I noticed or what I realized last four years of my career, when I became a supervisor, I kind of enjoyed it. I started having to do more of planning, uh, strategy, coordinating my team. At the, at the end of the day, when we end up seeing results uh, that arose due to adequate planning, uh, strategizing with the team, it brought me this kind of satisfaction that I get to see the results of, of the job we have done. So I thought about it, okay, I've done core engineering for 10 years, I've done technical, how do I brush up my, my leadership skills? Uh, how do I merge what I know and also learn a bit of leadership in a, in a formal way and also develop other skills like econs, financials, and strategy? So I thought about the MBA program and that was, that was what led to my decision to, to begin the MBA program. My plan is to prepare myself from ha- or being in a more technical role to go into a leadership role in the future. Picking the M- U of A was quite easy for me because I know the, the level of education in Canada and the US is very high and also a better kind of resonates to the experience I've had uh, being an energy energy uh, province of Canada. That was, re- that was the reason why I chose to, to commence on the MBA program. And what a great kind of journey you have that marries really well into this topic of emotional intelligence as we kind of get into the thoughts around you know, technical skills versus people skills and how emotional intelligence plays into that. And I know you have a breadth of technical experience and a past 10 years of, of working experience. So when in the class this week, we asked you to think about a manager or a team leader, a coach, maybe even someone in your past who made a really big impression on you as a leader, I'd be really curious to hear what story you told uh, and tell us a little bit about that manager that stood out to you. I've been, I've been very fortunate uh, during my career. I've had some good managers. Also on the flip side, I've had some not very good managers. Uh, but the one that really stood out to me, uh, it was, we are the same level, it was a supervisor, just like me. Uh, so when I just got promoted to being a supervisor in 2019, I got transferred to work in Angola, in Africa, for a couple of months. So then I was a new, I was new to the position of being, of a supervisory position, I was new. And then I had a, another, I was posted to another project where I had to work under a supervisor, which was more experienced. It, it was about 14 years in the company while I was seven years at that point in the company. I think I had the best experience of leadership from him. And it, it just made me realize the kind of leader I wanted to be. I was very experienced. He had a team that was not so experienced uh, because it was a, a, makeshift, a makeshift team that was set up for that project. Uh, because it was COVID period, so we didn't have a lot of uh, engineers available to get the job done. So he, he had to get like a team that was not so experienced, uh, groom them in a short period of time, and then have to deliver for the clients. One thing I really noticed was that he relied a lot on interpersonal relationship with every member of his team. He, he always made sure that, okay, because of the pandemic at the time, we didn't have opportunity to, to, to leave the location we are working for a long time. So we we're, were on the field for like three months. So it was a long time being together. To us, it felt like we were there for about three weeks because he made everybody feel welcome. He gave everyone the confidence to get the job done. I'm very experienced in this, but I'm not going to interfere in your job. I want you to have the freedom to work independently, carry out your tasks the way you want to do it. If you have any problem, come back to me and I'll guide you. But primarily, you should be the one in charge I'll give you that responsibility to get your job done in, with independence. So I learned that, that 
the most important thing is giving people a free hand to work. As a leader, you don't need to micromanage people because everyone has something in them which they can offer. But just let it, you just need to you just need to let them express express it. And if you micromanage your 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 team members, then they always want to do what you ask them to do and just try to please you as a leader. But when you give them the free hand, then they have that independence to to think, to apply what they what they feel will make the project more successful. So that, that was the best experience I had with leadership. It impacted, impacted me because then I realized the kind of leader I wanted to be. So this leader of yours, and I really appreciate that you have offered an example where it was a peer leader, right? Leadership ripples don't have to come from top down. It's really fantastic when it can come from peer learning or even perhaps a manager that has less experience. We all have the ability to offer kind of leadership experience and leadership examples. If you were to describe this leader in a few words, what types of words would you use to describe them? I would say, I would say conf- confidence. Uh, that's one. I would say uh, he had empathy. And the reason why I would say confidence is that it takes a level of confidence in a leader to instill that confidence in your team. Most leaders are very protective of the results that their their team members will bring out, especially in a very fast-paced workplace like the one we had working on the field. And then you have a client breathing down your neck, making sure that you are you are your results are adhering to safety and quality. If you have a leader that tells you, don't worry, you have not done this before, you're not so experienced in this job, but I believe it's something you can do. Go read your procedures, go, go through all the, the work tasks and the steps for the task, and then get the job done. If you have that leader that has that kind of confidence, then it's going to instill that confidence in you. You just find yourself getting the job done and realize that it was not as difficult as you thought. Confidence in the leader is very important. Empathy with your team. It was COVID. A lot of people we are, we are, we are, we could not make it to work because of being sick or being infected with COVID. People were away from their homes for a very long time, months, and and that that's kind of affected performance in a in a kind of in a in an emotional way. Because imagine you are away from your family for three months and it's not something you are used to. Uh, so you need that backing of a leader that has the empathy to to tell you how you feeling. When does you speak to your family? Is everyone at home okay? Uh, are you doing great? Should we should we book for you to be to be sent back home if you don't feel if you don't feel good with yourself? So most leaders don't really care about that. All they are, all all they care about is deliverables. Are we getting the job done? Is the job done on time? Are we doing it safely? But when we talk about safety, safety starts with the mental well-being of your employee. So I would say confidence and empathy are very two important. Uh, characteristics a leader should have to be able to guide a team successfully. And there was a reason we started off class right away with having all of you think about managers that have made an impact from a people perspective, not from a technical perspective. And you know, what's interesting is we didn't call that out. We didn't ask you to think of someone who has had an impact on you as a person, you know, and not technically. That's where each person went. That was the impact that was made. I know I've worked for a manager and she led in such a beautiful way that the joke on our team was that she could come to any of us at any time and ask us to jump off a bridge. And we would look at her and we would say, sure, how high and where? Like that trust and just connection that she bred within our team uh, sticks with me today. By far my best leader for sure. Paul, how about you in this kind of world of impactful leaders? This is an easy one for me too. I worked with somebody actually here at the School of Business that I'll use words. Uh, they were empowering. They were supportive. 
and they allowed me the autonomy that I needed. It was through conversation that allowed us to kind of get on the same page with that. But those are the ways that I would describe her. And she helped me turn me into the both the coach and the person and leader that I am today. And sometimes I'm not so sure we make a direct link between these leaders that make such an impact and their emotional intelligence skill set. Barry, when we broach the topic of emotional intelligence, we have two classes on it. Tell me a little bit about your familiarity with that term as a concept kind of before we got into it in class. Yeah, so for emotional intelligence, it was something I was aware of uh, before the before the class. Uh, but then the class also improved my understanding of how emotional intelligence works. Uh, from the leadership class we have, we know it's a developable skill. Uh, for me personally, I've, I've grown in my emotional intelligence over the years. I've made conscious efforts to develop it. Uh, like when I was younger, I was not very patient. I listened to things to get done ASAP. I wanted results. And it also uh, affected my relationship with others. My expectation from people was, was very high. But over time, I've worked on it. I know we are humans. No one is perfect. We have our strengths and our weaknesses. And you have to understand this as a, as a leader. And leadership, uh, tying back to emotional intelligence, is a continuous, is a continuous journey. It's not something you say, okay, you learn for two hours. Oh, you are not a leader. No, it doesn't work that way. Work on over the course of your life. Yes, I was, I was familiar with, with the term emotional intelligence, but then the class also helps us to be more aware how it relates to we as a person or we as people and then others that you have to work with so that it can actually improve your interpersonal relationship with people. I really appreciate that you've just so keenly demonstrated the connectedness of all of the parts of emotional intelligence. So you talked about not being so patient uh, when you were younger, and there's a part of this EQI 2.0 model that uh, we teach that is impulse control, which you certainly can tie very closely to patients. And then the connection between that patience or impulse control with interpersonal relationships, which is another part of this model. And every part of emotional intelligence having connectivity and impact to everything else, and that it is just so much more than simply being an empathetic person. We also tied in with emotional intelligence the concept of a growth mindset. And so I'm curious if you are familiar with this concept and if you can talk to us what links you see between kind of a growth mindset and emotional intelligence. Okay, so for the growth mindset, mindset, I've heard it once or twice, but I was never really particular about it. The class we had some days ago, I went back to read on it and also read the EQI reports I got. To simplify the definition of the growth mindset, it's just simply being thinking of being better than, than the previous day in terms of your soft skills. Uh, not necessarily technical because for technical, anybody can get a job done. Anyone with an experience can get a job done. Anyone that reads a procedure or guideline can get a job done, but not everyone can, can be a leader. Everyone can be a leader, but then it takes a conscious effort to want to be a leader. It's, yeah, so I'll just, I'll just add a, a definition from our leadership class from Steve Stump uh, that said leadership is not like breathing. It's not something you just wake up or you sleep and you're breathing. You have to make a personal conscious effort to be an effective leader. So that's what leadership is all about. And that's what the growth mindset is all about. Am I better today than yesterday? You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be hard on yourself. Uh, like I said earlier, we have strengths and weakness. Can, can we improve every day in terms of our relationship with others, our understanding of ourselves, 
And that's what growth mindset is all about. Understand yourself, be more empathetic to people, be less reactive, uh, listen more actively, and try to improve on your communication. That's, that's all what growth mindset is all about. Teach, it teaches you also to be okay with yourself. Because first of all, for emotional intelligence is be okay with yourself. Not, not, be too, not, be, not thinking of being perfect or be the best at everything you do, but just improve as every day goes by. And I really appreciate that you've linked growth mindset to improving from a kind of human perspective, people skills, sometimes labeled as soft skills. Uh, there is a quote by Daniel Goleman, which is just, he's a well-known person in the emotional intelligence world. And he says, the most effective leaders are all alike in one crucial way. They all have a high degree of what has come to known as emotional intelligence. And it's not that IQ or technical skills are irrelevant. They do matter, but they are entry-level requirements for executive positions. And so this focus that we have on emotional intelligence and growth mindset and the time that you guys are taking to dig into this is truly what elevates you as leaders. And in the class, we then had you pick a quote that was meaningful to you from a growth mindset perspective and to write that quote on a piece of paper. So I'm really curious to hear what is it that came to mind for you? Uh, actually, I like this question a lot because <laughs> I, th I think my quote was 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 something I really really like. Uh, I wrote it in a fancy way. It, it just means never give up. That's what it means. But in a fancy way, I wrote it. The quote was: "It may take some time, but things can only get better." Because, like I told you, patience was one of the things I struggled with when I was younger. Sim simple make mistakes usually uh, just triggered me. My tolerance level was low, but then I had to start looking for a way to, to evolve, uh, to improve myself. And this quote has been something that has always been in my mind that, okay, be, be, be patient with people. And also for myself personally, I've improved in my stress management over, the, over time because stress is not something I, I really enjoy. So because of that, I get to like plan, put a lot of effort in everything I do to make sure that I have all my planning perfect. Most times when you have your planning perfect, the end result comes out very well and then you don't get stressed. But life is not always perfect. No matter how you plan at times, things can go sideways. So, so, so that's why this quote means a lot to me. And it may take some time, but things can only, only get better. You might have like a 50 in your first test, but the second test, you can, you can end up having 100 and then the average is, is high enough for you to, to pass the course. So what I'm saying in essence is that if things don't work out today, tomorrow they are going to work out. The basis we should have for living our lives that you can't always have, have your way all the time. Things can't always be perfect when you, need them, when you need them to be. If you just give a little bit of time, things will get better. So that helps you to be patient with people, patient with yourself, and know that if you put in some work, you're going to see your results. And if I could make a link, because I think I happen to remember your top five strengths, which we talked about in the last episode, you have a top five strength of positivity, don't you? Yes. So actually I have positivity, relator and focus. So <laughs> I'm not going to mention the other five, the other two, but out, out of the five, th these three, positivity, relator and focus really has a strong uh, tie to my quotes, which of course I'm being positive saying that things that things will take some time, but it's going to get better. That's been positive. Then relator means that, okay, don't worry. Even if uh, person A and B is not doing very well to me at this moment, but just be patient with them. 
it's going to come around and you guys are going to improve your relationship. Uh, then the last one is focus. You don't allow things, uh, when things don't work out, to make you lose your focus. You, you keep staying in line. Yeah, so I, I think those three strengths tie a lot to my quotes. And that's why, as simple as it is, I, I love it a lot. And what a really great foundation to an emotional intelligence mindset and a growth mindset. Paul, I don't know if you have a quote that came to mind from the same sort of realm. Uh, I know I do. The one I really enjoy from uh, Brene Brown is that you can choose courage or you can choose comfort, but you can't have both. And so that's my reminder that courage is a big part of a growth mindset. For me, um, if anybody has ever been into my office or have seen me in person anywhere at my home or here, uh, big Ted Lasso fan and just simply like believe, I think there's really something to be said around just the belief in oneself. Um, and I even look at like believe in others, right? But there's one that I absolutely love and it's by an actress, Sophia Bush. And it says, you are allowed to be both a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time or simultaneously. And that is one that I just absolutely adore as well. And Barry, I don't know if you noticed, and I would actually be curious to hear if you did, but once the class took 10 minutes, each person created their own poster, wrote it down on a piece of paper, and just had some time to reflect. I heard some laughter in the classroom. The whole energy of the entire class shifted in a very noticeable way. Did you notice that? Yeah, yes, I did. Yes, I did. And it was something I was, I was going to talk about also. I noticed the positivity that radiated in class. It was it was like it was like writing the quote down. Uh, for my table, I, I can't specifically speak for the whole class, but the table I was seated were about five persons. And then there was that 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 positivity in the air. There was uh, I would say I think clarity is the word I, I, I'll use in, at this point. There was clarity like, okay, we know what actually means a lot to us and we can write it down on paper and then we can paste it somewhere. Someone, someone in my table said, okay, paste it in your bedroom. Uh, when you don't feel too good, wake up and look at it. And so I just, I just feel that the quotes, writing the quotes, having that clear definition of the quote that means the most to you gives, gives clarity, gives positive energy, makes you feel like you understand where you want to be and where you are going to. And I don't think we give enough value to how much mindset really truly can play a part in emotional intelligence and that they are a little bit of a chicken and an egg. You know, is it a mindset that improves emotional intelligence or the other way around? But I think they're very closely tied. And it was a beautiful demonstration of a simple mindset hack, if you will, in class. 10 minutes, beautiful quote, a bit of reflection time. So as we continued the conversation on emotional intelligence, and we have a whole other class coming up to dig into on it more, and our next episode will also dig into it more. Barry, I'm really curious to hear what is it that you are looking forward to learning more about this emotional intelligence model and subject? Okay, so what, what I have uh, researched on the model of, of emotional intelligence is that uh, from the, the report I had, is like a wheel of interrelated attributes or characteristics, and most times they are dependent on each other. Uh, so tying back to what you just said, Tiffany, your one part of your one part of this emotional intelligence can affect other parts. So for example, you you are stressed and you don't manage it properly, it can affect your decision making. If you lack emotional self awareness of how you feel or how you relate to people. It can affect interpersonal relationships. So we see that emotional intelligence is not something that you just say, okay. I'm very good at one part. I'm very poor at one part. Every part of this will 
relates with with the other. So for me, I would like to for next class, I would like to learn more about it. Uh, learn how 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 further this different these five section of the wheel relates with each other. Uh, if possible, get more life experiences from people that are willing to share in the class. Because one very important thing I enjoy about our business orientation skills class is that we get real life experiences. People get to talk about what they feel, how they feel, and then you can learn from it. Because at the end, at the end of the day, we're all just human, and we have we share the same struggles. I'd like to I'd like to hear about people's experiences, how they feel, uh, what stories they can share about how what they've learned or what they've been taught in the past about emotional intelligence, and more importantly, how this five sectors of the wheel relate to each other. I'm really glad that you mentioned that peer-to-peer learning. And you also mentioned in this podcast that leadership is a learning journey. Emotional intelligence is a learning journey, right? It is a muscle to be uh, strengthened. And so to do that through peer-to-peer learning is the best way. Other people's experiences and talking with others, you don't learn leadership from a book. You don't learn emotional intelligence from a book. And so to be open and really curious to learn from others is such a brilliant strategy. And we will do more of that next class. Is there anything that this topic about emotional intelligence has inspired you? I, I think the, the model of, in particular is very authentic. It's very funny because when we do some of these activities in class, it feels very uh, light. It's not as serious as our statistics class or our strategy class or managing people class. It feels very light, very engaging also. Every day I leave the class on Monday, I feel like I've learned something. I'm actually more aware of myself. I'm speaking to my career coach also. It's, it's, it's very mind-opening. Like, okay, I, I, know, I know how I am emotional, in terms of emotional intelligence. I know where I want to be. Like I said earlier, I like to plan a lot so to avoid failure. I don't like failures. Failure stresses me out. Uh, but then it's okay to be human. Failure is part of life. We learn from them. As long as so no one gets hurt in the process, uh, but we always have second chances in life. And if we live with that uh, mindset of always try to be, uh, to be careful, not to take more risk, at the end, can we say we've, we've lived our lives? I, I, want, I want to go in deeper into this emotional intelligence topic learn more about it. Uh, one skill I noticed about myself is that I have leadership skills. The most important thing is that situational, situational leadership is where I really excel. When there's a situation that needs someone to step up as a leader, I always put myself out in that space. For me to excel as a leader, I need to understand emotional intelligence. I need to understand how to deal with people and how to manage myself. So this emotional intelligence topic is very important to me. I want to know about, more about this model I want to hear from people, people's experience. I want to talk to my career coaches about this and see how much I can improve in this, in this area. So I think that's a perfect segue in a little bit of a to-be-continued sort of realm. There's more for you to learn. I mean, and there's more for you to learn out throughout your entire life, but we've got some more learning to do. We've got a next episode on this in the next week. And so a little bit of a to-be-continued on more of emotional intelligence. Barry, let's move to a lightning round. You ready? Okay, go for it. All right. Three quick questions looking for three quick gut responses. Barry, what part of your career story has given you the biggest boost? Five years ago, I always I only just thought about getting the job done. Uh, I wasn't really aware of leadership skills I had in me. Le- leadership skills, like we know, is both developable and then we have some innate leadership skills. Uh, so I feel I have 
I had some of these innate skills. Uh, for example, I'm someone that's courageous. I'm not scared to take risk. I might not be very good at something, but I'm willing to try. And then also we have developable parts, which involves communication, decision-making, emotional intelligence, which can be developed. Realizing that I actually have uh, these situational leadership skills made me to want to develop myself. I understand that, okay, I, I can be a leader, I can develop myself, and I can be better. So the part of my career that stood out to me the most was the period before the pandemic, during the pandemic, and just after the pandemic, that was around when I just got promoted in the office to a supervisor, daily handling projects, uh, this deporter project, having to lead a team of 14 to 16 people. And then I realized that, yes, I have this in me. I can do this and I can always get better at doing this. So my leadership journey for me personally is a continuous one. Every day I always strive to get better at it. I put myself out when there are situations that are very messy and then we need people to step up to take these leadership roles. You can always count on me on that. What's one thing you wish you had learned sooner? Okay. Uh, personally, I'm very honest. I see my mind the way it is, but I wish previously or back uh, or in the past, I was a bit diplomatic about being honest because it's good to be honest. If you're honest, you're thinking only about yourself. Uh, in, in relationships, you need, to, you need to think of how the other person feels. So I would say it's part of the learning uh, learning for me, learning call for me about, okay, it's good to be honest, but also be diplomatic because if you're feeling this way, the other person you're talking to is feeling, has the way he's feeling also. If you're a bit diplomatic, you're understanding, then you actually can communicate without hurting someone's feelings. You can com communicate with honesty, but not hurt the other person's feelings. And we also need to understand that people have different thresholds of how they of emotional intelligence, how they understand things, how they manage stress. So first of all, get to understand the person you are dealing with. Uh, some people, some people prefer prefer brutal honesty. Some people prefer being being managed properly. So yeah, understanding matters a lot. And service is really important to Paul and I. It's something that we focus on every single day. So we're really curious to hear how service is going to show up for you this coming week. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to ensure active listening to others with empathy. It's not about just passing my point through, but listening how people uh, feel and really understanding how they feel. Then also, secondly, I'm going to try to make people feel good about themselves, uh, not in a patronizing way, but in a, in a honest way. Uh, give people compliments, uh, talk to them in, re in reassuring words, and just make people feel good. Then, the, then lastly, uh, I always have this message that I speak to my teams I work with, is that don't worry about your weakness, focus on your strengths. I think at the end of the day, we are all human. It's human nature to have strengths and weakness, but try to magnify the strengths and deal less, less with, the, with the weakness and, and we'll all be fine if we do that. Thank you. What a fantastic way to serve others. Thank you for sharing. And thank you so much, Barry, for sharing your journey and what a relevant journey of so much technical experience and then a journey into leadership and what that change in focus looks like. And so I know you're eager to learn more and there's a lot more of your journey to go, but thank you so much for being here and for being honest and for being authentic and for sharing with us and your experience with emotional intelligence. Thank you very much, Tiffany and Paul. We want to thank Barry for joining us. Barry offers such a unique and interesting perspective having experience from halfway around the world. 
we know that emotional intelligence maybe isn't something that's spoken a lot about in in different industries. And and Barry's willingness to to jump into this with us is is amazing. My three key takeaways. I'm going to make this short and simple. I loved what Barry talked about around his peer supervisor. His peer supervisor had confidence and empathy. Confidence in other people instills confidence in themselves uh, and empathy. Uh, I know that, you know, at the start of the show, we talked about, you know, empathy not being the only part of emotional intelligence, but it is part of it. And and being empathetic towards others, especially through a time like COVID. How's your family doing? How are you doing? Do you need to go back home? Things like that. Very important. And, and having that empathetic tone. The second key takeaway, I loved Barry's quote around a growth mindset. It might take some time, but it will always get better. Making tomorrow better than today. What a wonderful kind of plan, having patience, understanding that failure and, and setbacks are all a part of this. But if we can just make tomorrow better than today, what a wonderful key takeaway that we can look at. And the third one, the EQI 2.0 model. Barry talked about it being circular in shape, and that's exactly what it is. We go from emotional awareness, emotional expression into the interpersonal side of things into the way we make decisions and stress management. And if we can understand that it is all interrelated in a way, revolving around emotions and around the way emotions and the way we describe and set those apart, the more we know ourselves, the better off we're going to be. I love Barry's connection from his emotional intelligence back to the strengths that we talked about last week with Jasleen. It's powerful to see that the more we know about ourselves, the better off we're going to be. And right back to Barry's quote, it might take some time, but it will always get better. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode. Next week, you can expect a, a deeper dive into emotional intelligence with another student. And thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Career Boosters podcast. Looking for more insights to elevate your professional, personal, and career growth? We've got the boost you need. Join myself and Paul next time for more actionable advice and real-world stories. And remember, subscribe wherever you enjoy podcasts, ensuring you catch every tip and tactic to boost your career journey. See you next time.